Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, Netrix Policy Pack, where you use Group Policy, Policy Pack Cloud, or MDM to remove local admin rights, manage and lockdown applications, Java, browsers, and mitigate ransomware, plus more. And also brought to you by Numescent, the inventors of the first and only cloud-native container management platform for Windows desktops. And of course, also brought to you by ControlUp, end-to-end digital experience management for the work-from-anywhere era. ControlUp, happy users, happy IT. If you enjoy the show each week, you have these awesome sponsors to thank. And now for some news. Microsoft have said that some Windows Server 2022 virtual machines may not boot up after installing updates released last week. LeapyComputer.com reports this known issue only impacts VMs with secure boot enabled and running on vSphere ESXi version 6.7 update 2 or update 3 or vSphere ESXi version 7.0.x. And while it has been stated that this only affects those with the VMware hypervisors, there has also been some reports suggesting it isn't just VMware hypervisor specific. Unfortunately, if you have already installed this month's KB5022842 update for Windows Server 2022, uninstalling it will not resolve the issue. The only way to ensure that your VMs can boot again is to update the ESXi host to vSphere ESXi version 8 or disable secure boot. BeepyComputer.com also reported this week that Outlook users have been receiving email from sources that were previously marked as spam. Now, the issue lasted for several hours, and Microsoft did acknowledge the problem, but they have confirmed that they have implemented a fix and the spam filter should now be working again. So if you maybe have Outlook and you don't check it very often, uh, don't be surprised if you have more spam than usual when you do go to check it, but just be sure that it has been resolved. At the time of the recording of this episode, which was recorded on Wednesday night, February 22nd, Uh, There were reports that Gmail is currently experiencing an issue uh, related to sync failures. According to Neowin.net, the service status page showed, quote, IMAP syncs with Microsoft servers are experiencing failures causing sync issues with the Gmail application, end quote. Now, when I recorded, the problem was still ongoing and there wasn't a whole lot of detail other than the fact that Microsoft and Google were working on a fix. So it may very well be the case that by the time you're listening to it, this issue has been resolved. VMware are strongly recommending that administrators upgrade Carbon Black as soon as possible to a safe version of the product due to a high severity vulnerability in the Carbon Black app control product. VMware's advisory states, quote, a malicious actor with privileged access to the app control administration console may be able to use specially crafted input allowing access to the underlying server operating system, end quote. VMware's security advisory also shared that there are currently no workarounds or mitigation advice given. So the only safe option is to move to the recommended safer versions. ZDNet has published a recent article teasing a newly refurbished version of Microsoft Teams, which could be available soon. And it's said that it moves away from the problematic Electron platform to Edge's WebView 2. 
which could improve speed of the product considerably and reduce resource utilization. As it has been well known for a long time, uh, Electron apps suffer from very high memory utilization in particular. And uh, I know that I've covered in the past that the app for Teams is currently pretty insecure or unsecure, however you want to say it, by design uh, because it lacks end-to-end -end encryption as it's not possible with the platform it's currently developed in, at least according to reports. Something I didn't cover last week, although I saw it and I should have covered it, uh, was the fact that I saw that Neil Spellings uh, shared on Twitter uh, from the Disrupt conference in Munich that Citrix was presenting their Citrix Universal License, which I think is a pretty interesting new feature or concept. It looks like the Universal License will cover licensing for both on-premises Citrix products and the cloud products too. So that's a pretty interesting direction and I'm sure it's gonna be one that customers will like. Microsoft's MFA's number matching feature, which had been set for an imminent arrival, has now been pushed back to May 8th, at which time users will start to see number matching in approval requests. And as services deploy, some are said to maybe see a number match while others do not. To ensure consistent behavior for all users, Microsoft highly recommend you enable number matching for Microsoft Authenticator push notifications in advance. So it's interesting that uh, they've delayed things and they've added that note in. So perhaps they're giving more time to administrators to kind of enable it for consistency across all users. Maybe just a theory, uh, but I'll share a link to the warning of the change of date with this episode, which is episode 270, and you'll find that at fivebytespodcast.com. I ran a quick poll on my personal Twitter account during the week, and I thought I'd share the results because others may be interested in it. I was just wondering how often people replace their primary work device. And I was thinking this because I've had the same laptop for over four years now, I believe. And recently I've had to replace the battery. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had to replace the entire motherboard, but luckily it was still under warranty. So that was covered. Uh, I replaced the SSD because I was noticing problems with that. And now the display is causing problems too. So I'm just wondering like, uh, is it just time to admit defeat on this laptop? So much is going wrong with it and it's only about four years old. Usually I'd push to try and get at least six years, uh, but I'm thinking of just upgrading so I can have all new parts and an all new warranty. Uh, but the results were pretty interesting. Of those who completed the poll, the majority said they refresh their primary device every three to four years. That was 64.3% of those who responded. Uh, next up was 19.6% who do hold on for six plus years. And then 13.4% said every two years with 2.7% as other. So it looks like three to four years is what most people are doing. Probably not surprisingly, Ars Technica has reported that Microsoft has already been limiting long conversations with the Bing AI that's in preview, with users now limited to 50 messages per day and 5 inputs per conversation. In addition, Bing Chat will no longer tell you how it feels or talk about itself, 
which comes off the back of reports by journalists who were provided preview access stating that the bot told them all kinds of wild things, like the bot believed it was in love with the person it was chatting to and that it was their soulmate. According to Microsoft President Brad Smith, when talking to ITV in the UK, he said, quote, We have to learn from early testing. That's what we are doing. We have to move fast when we see issues arise as we have, but most importantly, we have to be committed as we are to the ethical and responsible use of artificial intelligence. AI needs to serve people, and we will ensure it does. End quote. So it seems like the chat AI is kind of going the way that other chat AIs in the past have gone, which is uh, leaning into extremes quite quickly. So not surprising that Microsoft is taking these measures because I'm sure they want to protect the reputation uh, of the product and maybe just figure out a way to deal with this before it goes to the masses. Congratulations to all new and renewed Citrix CTPs and Citrix CTAs. And I'm proud to say that I was renewed as a Citrix CTP again, which is quite the honor. And I'm very excited about it. And also congratulations to all new and renewed VMware vExperts too. Unfortunately, I was not renewed as a vExpert this year after several years of being one, but I don't have any sour grapes about it. I really enjoyed my time in the program and it's time for other people to enjoy that experience instead. So thanks to all those involved in all of those programs and of course to the awesome community that we have who make all these valuable contributions that get recognized through these programs. And of course, also selfishly, thank you to the community for creating such great content because I get to cover it each week on this podcast. But now it's time for another episode, Scripts, Tricks, and Tips. First up this week, the MSIX report card has had another installment, this time for Windows 10 and 11 22H2. And surprisingly, to me at least, Tim has outdone himself once more and reached a level of compatibility with MSIX that I would not have expected to be possible. So if you'd like to see how successful Tim has been in packaging applications with MSIX, I strongly recommend that you check out the excellent MSIX report card and get yourself immersed in the tooling that Tim has created for applying some of these fixes to get him to this point of high compatibility. As I have recommended Twitter as a resource for techies in the past, I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't point out this week that Twitter plans to restrict SMS use for MFA to those who pay for Twitter Blue only. So if you use SMS for MFA on Twitter and you're not on Twitter Blue, please consider switching to an app instead. Jen Gentleman has shared steps on how to set this up if you'd like to follow those. And I'll share a link to everything I cover in every episode of the podcast or of 5bytespodcast.com. Dennis Mormon tweeted this week, if your login screen is stuck on other user welcome, it may be related to Citrix workspace app installed and no system proxy settings configured. He gave a commandlet that you can try in your shell and it should fix it. So if you're facing this issue, check out the links with this episode to find Dennis's tweet and that commandlet that you can run. 
The awesome Trenton Ty posted a great thread on Twitter this week on offloading features like those in Citrix and Azure Virtual Desktop, which offload resource utilization onto the client rather than the virtual desktop, which is great for those uh, unified communication tools. And his thread contains some interesting data that suggests that, well, all that glitters is not necessarily gold. There is a price to offloading in that way. And to find out more about that, check out the thread. Soban Safar had a blog post on how to get folder size using PowerShell, which is something I've actually had to do recursively myself in the past, but I am really bad at holding on to my scripts that I create. So this is useful because it saves me having to recreate it when I inevitably need it again in the future. Askaresh had a blog post on getting started with Windows 365 Cloud PC and Azure Virtual Desktop with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. So if you're looking at AVD or Cloud PC and you want to secure it with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, this could be a great starting point. And finally, the awesome Ron Oglesby announced that he will be at the upcoming EUC Masters Retreat and he's even going to be doing some knife sharpening training. So that sounds like a pretty dangerous proposal to do knife sharpening at a conference that's got a lot of alcohol flowing but it should make it uh, interesting nonetheless and i just like to say i've been to every uc masters retreat it is one of the most unique and awesome conferences tech conferences that you can go to and it's very very much community driven uh, it's going to be unlike anything you've attended in the past. So if you're in this sector, for sure, check out the EC Masters Retreat. It's coming up at the end of March, early April, and it'll be held in Scottsdale, Arizona. So book now to not miss out. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening.